This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We have a lot of ground to cover. I hope you had a great weekend. I had an extraordinary weekend. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a few moments. Uh, But I also want to make sure that you are tracking all of the important stuff that's happening. You can go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, go there and you'll see all the standalone links to these great interviews. You also can sign up for the daily email there, and uh, I hope you will do all that. It is uh, really good, really important, and uh, and there's a lot there. So we have some work to do, some ground to cover, and uh, I want to do that right now. Um, but first, let me give you a, a recap. I was I spent the last few days of last week in California, in Northern California, uh, with General Mike Flynn. He was out visiting some veterans, uh, talking to some small groups. It was an extraordinary privilege. It was really, really interesting. And then we went down to Anaheim, where he spoke at a Freedom Conference, and I saw the great Andrea Kay there, uh, only briefly. I was only on the ground for a few hours. General Flynn spoke twice. But we saw Andrea Kay, and there is a selfie floating out there, the Andrea Kay Show, of course, uh, on Facebook. You can see it. And that was really fun. So we had a great, great uh, visit. Great to be with General Flynn. So much happening. Okay. But speaking of that, uh, one of the things that happened last week was the Arizona State Senate held a hearing where they basically said, we're trying to audit the election of 2020, which is our job under the Constitution, and we're getting pushback all over the place. And they said, we need this to be done, and we don't understand why we can't get it done. It was uh, unbelievable to watch. Um, and to, and but here's the thing. What happened afterwards was even more striking because Senator Fon uh, was not particularly fan, I think it is, but she was not particularly dramatic. She wasn't hyperbolic. She just laid out, hey, we're trying to do this audit. Things aren't really being told to us. We don't know why. And very little media coverage. And usually when you have something that's kind of like that, you expect that the media goes, huh, let's dig into it. Very little digging into it because – There's too many questions, I think, that are too close to the bone, too close to the uh, real problem. So, but be that as it may, watching that, I thought, wow, the power of the narrative machine, it is breathtaking. Well, here we go. Let me tell you, earlier on Monday, there was a, uh, a, the first felony sentence of one of these uh, people who was at the January 6th. And even the even the coverage of it over at Politico, they say the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol. And then they go down and they quote dramatically from the judge, the symbolism of that act is unmistakable. Hey, this is the guy who was carrying a Trump flag. And he said, the, the, in that act, he captured the threat to democracy that we all witnessed. This is the judge. And the uh, prosecutor said January 6th was an act of domestic terrorism. Really? Really? At this point, we are in a position to make clear that uh, this is the um, uh, the um, uh, power of the um, machine, the narrative machine to try to frame what's gone on and make it historical. So this poor guy pled guilty. Paul Hodgkins is his name. And he's going to go to jail for, I don't know, six months or eight months. And the point is that the people who are buying into this, and and again, remember what my point is. The narrative machine is one thing. We now know that big tech and big media, those are two of the key components. They're just in the tank. They are not telling the truth at all about lots of stuff. And by the way, there's some conservatives there. Fox News isn't always. They're always, everybody's spinning. But here's the thing. 
Big government now is getting into the act, and that what they're doing is they're demanding that you subscribe to the narrative machine, as I told you, the narrative that the machine tells you. And if you don't, you'll be penalized. That's one thing. But if you do subscribe, then they'll lock it into history. So now what you'll see covered, you can watch this. This is like clockwork. The next coverage of this will be in the media, they'll say about somebody else. They'll say so-and-so, uh, Josh Hawley or someone else didn't vote for the uh, certification of the election. And they uh, were in, you know, encouraging in their actions the conduct of the great insurrection that has included jail time by federal judges who have sent people away. You see how you take the narrative and it becomes self-fulfilling. It becomes self-fulfilling by the action of the government and a federal judge sentenced so-and-so today. It, most normal people are persuaded. <clears throat> and that's the point. And my point here is not even to dispute what it was. It certainly wasn't an insurrection. They didn't, they have not filed any, they've not filed charges against anyone for insurrection or sedition. It was some, a felony charge of disrupting procedures, disrupting official procedures. And the real reason this guy got stuck with that is because he ended up down in the well, I think, of the Senate. But at a certain point, a lot of these spaces, you'll remember, were opened up or when the door was open, the cops were there, the security was there saying, oh, well, I guess we're going to go through. You're going to go through. We're not, you know, we're not going to stop. We're not going to tackle. We're certainly not going to have the force to stop you. My point here is we're entering another stage of the narrative machine's power. And, you know, it's almost I'm, I'm almost it's almost impossible for me to keep uh, the, the control of this because the narrative machine, big tech and big media in the tank. Right. For the message. Now, big government reinforcing it. And, and now the next thing is big history. It sounds a little silly, I guess. But big history, the, the people who are big academia is what some one of our callers uh, said to me once. Big academia will now reinforce it. And there'll be history books and political science analysts, analyses of this. And they articles in law reviews about how these things happened in this way. And look, here's someone pleading guilty to being part of the insurrection. That's not what he pled guilty to. He pled guilty to the least charge he could get so that he wouldn't have to get rolled over by the, by the uh, narrative machine. And if you're reading people like Julie Kelly and others and watching closely, you really can't blame this man for pleading to that because you know why? He's watching and saying, nobody's able to push back. I don't see real leadership. I don't see anybody getting to the bottom of this. I'm going to get rolled and I'm going to go to jail for a long time, for years, if they charge me with everything they can. So he became one piece of their puzzle. And as I've told you over and over again, their goal is not to get you or me. Their goal is, you know, to get to charge us. Their goal is to get you and me to be silent, to be silent and to step back and to step back. At the same time as that's happening, I see the Lincoln Project. Is that what's called the Lincoln Project? Those those former Republicans who are now left wingers who hate Trump. And they're putting out the word and they say, Trump is going to run for president again. His authoritarian movement. What are you talking about? It's and, and again, no pushback, no pushback from the media. It's unbelievable to watch. And it's only going to continue. You're going to get you're going to get one after another of charges, I suspect, against people in the cases like this, that they will look like and they'll be made to look like again, it will add up to these facts. And they will say over and over again, it was an insurrection. Nobody's charged with that. Now, I do want to pause. 
By the way, in a couple minutes, we'll talk with Chef Andrew Gruel. Do you know this gentleman? He's amazing. He's really fun to watch. He's uh, over on Twitter. He's really uh, Chef Andrew. He gets a lot of attention. He's really funny, really witty. He's going to be on. Also, we'll talk with David Horowitz, who was supposed to be on last week, and we had to reschedule him. So we'll get him on, and, uh, and that'll be fun. Um, but here's the thing. You, um, when you, I, I pause to say this to you. We're in the midst of this, and the only way to fight back is to continue to try to break the narrative, to try to break the narrative machine. You do it bit by bit. You don't do it by a knockout blow. You do it by a thousand cuts. You do it by finding other places where you can get voices raised and trying to find those opportunities to raise the voices. That's the key. That's the key. You know, because there's not going to be one knockout blow. You can't wait around. Now, it gets disappointing to me. Where are the Republicans in Congress? Where are the Republican leaders saying, hey, why are you doing this? They're not to be found. They're nowhere to be found. That's because they're in the same narrative machine and they're dealing with it. You know, they tried to silence Josh Hawley. They tried to silence um, all the different people who are um, out there who have any had any relationship to any aspect of this. They're trying to do that. And, you know, you know, they're, it's working on a lot of people. And so you have to slowly but surely try to keep your voice up, encourage people, give them encouragement, give a people that are in the fight your support in any way you can. That's important. And just keep on fighting. There's no, there's no other choice. We have no other choice. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Chef Andrew Gruel. He is a celebrity chef. He's on the Food Network. He's got a Southern California restaurant. He's a very, very interesting guy. He's got a great Twitter feed. His website is 86struggle.com. And I think he's based in, um, he's always, he's helping restaurateurs that restaurants that uh, have businesses. He's been doing that. I think he's based in LA. Uh, I know he's in California. We'll see what else he can tell me about this. And then we'll also talk with the great, David Horowitz will be all that. We'll be right back. Ted Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. A couple weeks ago, we were supposed to catch up with David Horowitz. I think I messed up on my schedule, but then we missed each other. Anyway, he's back. Uh, best-selling author of The Enemy Within. Frontpagemag.com is where you can see a lot of his writings and a lot of his team. A very helpful website. Welcome back, David. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, so um, it's a hot days. It's a dog days of summer. Dog days of summer. That doesn't not slowing the people coming across the border um, and bringing all that uh, stuff with them. Uh, but give me your update on the uh, what's your thoughts on the Biden Harris administration so far and where we think it's going. These are enemies of America. You could have Fidel Castro in the White House and wouldn't be doing a better job than. Whoever is the puppeteer behind Joe Biden, which I suspect is Obama and Susan Rice, two right. uh, pathological liars and haters of America. Our country is in terrible, terrible shape. They got a, Biden has got this immigration bill, which, uh, as Steve Miller said, if you wanted to, you want to end the nation. This is the way to do it. But it's just open borders to everybody and subsidizing everybody and letting criminals out of jail, covering up for criminals. What, what, is, what is the, the Biden administration? It's a racist administration that puts our enemies in front of us and, and just foreigners generally, non-citizens coming before American citizens 
that coddles and protects and releases violent criminals into the streets, and that's racist. How how much worse mm-hmm. could Fidel Castro do if he were alive? You know, and and they, you know, you got the press secretary. They they want the government to call everybody that they disagree with. You know, sources of misinformation. The biggest spreader of misinformation in COVID is Joseph Biden. Yeah, Joe. out. Oh, you know, right. He wears masks when you don't need them on Zooms that he's doing. He, he, they right, totally right. confuse people. I, I myself, you know, and I'm in the vulnerable category, so I really have to look right. out for COVID. I right. can't. I I don't know what's good for me um, because of the total confusion of messages. Uh, and then um, I, you know, I like I like that he accused Facebook of killing people. I'm tired of them <laughs> accusing, yeah, yeah. accusing Trump, Trump of killing right. people. This guy is uh, the nastiest, th- most untrustworthy, dishonest piece of, you know, I'm, I'm can't right, do what Bill right, Burr right. does. Right. But, but, uh, now, wait a second, Dave. I, I want to add. Yeah. I, wa- I want to ask you. We're talking. the head of a crime family. Right. <laughs> That's clear work? now, too. We're talking. Yeah, no. Uh, David Horowitz, who we're talking to, and his book, uh, the best-selling author of Blitz, is one recently, but The Enemy Within, How a Totalitarian Movement is Destroying America. David, one uh, thing I've been w- waiting to ask you, Cuba. Cuba's happening, and uh, the you know we've got people now saying, look, uh, one of the, one of the uh, great, the 1619 Project inventors said, you know, Cuba's a great place in terms of racial, uh, racial equality and racial uh, access yeah, or whatever the word is. That's well, totally that's what I thought I'd ask you. Did, did you see I'd the people marching in Havana? They were all black. Well, they weren't right. all black, but there was just masses of black people. The problem the Cubans have, guess what? They have no guns. They can't defend themselves. So they've got these totalitarian right. monsters, these savages, beating the crap out of them with clubs in the streets, and they'll kill them. They don't care. Right. Right. Is uh but so and and but now that and, we'll and, have, and the other thing is to have a press just like that if Biden gets his way. You see, I'm, well, and I that's I'm so shocked by people and why are people calling them liberals? They're fascists. Fascist people. But uh I am shocked by these former liberals how quickly they become totalitarians and want to shut down Anybody who disagrees with them, and now they're going to destroy the Supreme Court. They, the Democrats have right. done nothing for four years but try to tear the Constitution to shreds. And, uh, you know, and Nancy Pelosi, she's always wrapping it around her, this, our sacred Constitution. Like, she gives it. <laughs> she she, she right. has no respect uh, for constitutional procedures, as, as anybody with two eyes and half a brain could tell. Unfortunately, there are not that many people like that on the left. I mean, maybe we're, we're talking. 
Right. We're, we're talking with David Horowitz. The uh, the book, his newest book is The Enemy Within, How a Totalitarian Movement is Destroying America. If you go to frontpagemag.com, you can click through to uh, get a copy there. Um, David, uh, but back to, uh, for one second, back to the White House and Facebook. Um, the, the White House comes out and says, we know that there's a dozen or so uh, misinformation, uh, uh, people putting out misinformation. We're not only going to ask Facebook to shut them down, but we're also, we expect that other platforms will would do it now you've seen a lot well, have, you but you, have, you, have they mentioned yeah. one where who are these 12 no. people and let i want to hear one person who got misinformation and died because of it one right. you notice the, de- the democrats always make these accusations they never provide evidence because there is no evidence systemic racism well, se- doesn't exist yeah, se- se- well, and similarly, um, and then I want to slide over to this one. Earlier on Monday, I think Monday, yeah, the, the early Monday, uh, one of the uh, supposed January 6th participants got jail time. And forget about what he pled to because he's scared for his life. It, the judge lectured him and the prosecutor lectured him on how he was part of this insurrection. Now, at this point, nobody's charged with insurrection. Nobody's charged with sedition. You can't only charged with the government with no arms but crying out tears. And the, and the, right. Trump supporters are patriots. They're not about overthrowing right. the government. Nobody made such a demand. For kind of, right, but I was hundred thousand people at, at the, uh, the you know stop the steal speech. There, right. there were ninety four people who were charged with conspiracy. Ninety four right. out of a hundred thousand. But I, what I want to ask you, David, again, what I want to, well, what I want to ask you, though, is about what these leftists do, what the fascists do, what we're seeing done, because more important than what happened is they're now defining, they're dumping history. They take down Lewis and Clark statues. They take down, you know, uh, Robert E. Lee statues and they say, forget that history. Now here, and now here's the history they tell us. They're telling us with every aspect of our, our, our society, media, big tech, Big government, they're telling us that the facts are there was an insurrection. Most Americans believe that, I fear. Uh, I don't think so. I think no. most Americans have their heads screwed on straight. It's, it's, it's the amount of misinformation. Look, whenever you get in despair, you have to think this. For four years, okay. actually, it was about four and a half years, Trump was slandered like no human being in history. Uh, everything about right. it is a lie. The white supremacist, the racist, the, you know, on and on, a colluder, a traitor. And he, right. he got 11 million more votes in this election than in the previous one. And no previous incumbent president ever increased his votes the second time. So the American people are out there. Uh, I mean, I, I just hope that they strike back before it's too late. I, you know, I hope again we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've been. I, we're talking with David Horowitz again. David Horowitz, well, uh, best-selling author, and is you brought up one of yeah. the uh, one of the people in the Capitol was convicted today. I guess it was. Um, right. Um, he was given an eight-month a felony. He was convicted of a felony and got eight months for obstructing a government procedure. 
Linda Sarsour, the two-hating, America-hating, communist racist, led a, a mob that obstructed the Kavanaugh hearings. Every single day they had to be arrested before the proceedings could proceed. Every single day of the Kavanaugh hearings. They got no charges, nothing. We have a fascist regime, and it's all through our judicial system. It's just all over the place. People have to uh, get out I, I, there and protest. We're, we're talking with David Horowitz. D- David Horowitz, again, it's uh, The Enemy Within is his newest book, How a Totalitarian Movement is Destroying America. You check that out. Uh, David, uh, on this point, do you think today, you know, today in July of 2021, do you think that there is any reasonable should that there should be any reasonable expectation that there will be a free and fair election in 2022 i'm glad you asked me that okay that's my my next book (laughs) (laughs) okay i give you a clue mark milley the washington post yeah i just the the two two washington post leftists just published a book about Mark Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which shows that he already was plotting a coup if Trump won in 2020. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. If Republicans don't win in 2022 and impeach Biden and Harris and make Trump president again, we're toast. But do you think that 2022 will be an election, a normal election? Will they allow, will, will Pelosi and the gang well, allow? I because today... These, uh, sleepy Republicans, you know, who have ordinary corruption, they just, they like their careers and their money. Right, right. And so right. they don't fight. They cave. Are finally right. getting to understand how serious this all is. You know, I, I mean, I've been saying something like this for like 30 years, although I never thought that, it, that the country would cave so rapidly to the fascists. I mean, you have raving, lunatic, hypocritical racists like Cory Bush. We have, you know, I, I'm writing a series in Front Page Magazine on the racist mayors in America who are responsible for all this violence because they've encouraged it. Why do you think there's all that violence in Washington, D.C.? It's because Muriel Bowser is an America-hating racist. That's why. And that's the mm-hmm. only reason. The uh, We're talking again with Hunter Biden. And I'm, excuse me, Hunter, I'm Hunter Biden. I'm looking at an article that one of your guys on frontpagemag.com. We're, talk, we're talking with David Horowitz. I want to ask you about Hunter Biden. I mean, there's there's Billy Bush. I'm sure Billy Bush. There's, the, there's Billy uh, Carter. Right. There's uh, I don't know. There's uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton's brothers. They had a little bit of a legal. Yeah, those were fringes. Although the Clinton family is a crime family. How did they get right? But worth a hundred million dollars. They did it by selling our government. But but Hunter Biden, I mean, million dollars for a speech. You know, Hunter is smarter than yeah. But I'm going to get a million dollars for. Some scribbles I did and calling myself an artist. And I'll hide it all yeah. by saying you can't know the donors, so we're not 
<laughs> the buyers of his art, you know, it's the Communist Party of China. <laughs> well, and and but my my point on this is to, to your to your point, it, it, in a weird way, at least the Clintons kind of hit it. At least the even the Obamas kind of played it out until they were out of power, whatever they were doing in power. That they, they were actually we actually have the the president and his son in in any empirical dis- analysis compromised. I mean, there's, I there's no we're, doubt we're about it. This is in a, really it's because the delusional left is hysterical. It's deranged. These people are out of their gourds, and only right. if you've been in a in a uh, left wing movement as I have, can you understand how you can get so far from reality? Um, but that's where they are. And, I, yeah. and it is fight. I agree with you. It's totally frightening. But just think of it. We have three first families who came out as with a hundred million dollars each. Uh, and they never had very good jobs. In fact, the Obamas lost their loyal licenses because they're so crooked. Right. right. It's a, it is amazing. And All right, David, my biggest complaint, which is what is wrong with our conservatives, except for Mark Levin uh, and a few mm-hmm. others. I mean, it's, it's not just Mark, but they're so they talk like this. This is all sort of normal. Oh, well, it's a little, you know, got surprising, but it's like normal. And they call them liberal. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. All and right, David, I got to go. I'm out of time. Up in flames in front of our eyes. Right. I'm, uh, I got to run, David. I'm up against a break. David, David Horowitz, everybody, frontpage.com, bestselling author. And you can go there. His newest book is The Enemy Within. And one more coming soon, he just told me. We'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Hey, I was supposed to have Chef Andrew Gruel on. He texted and he cannot make it, but we got the next best thing. He can cook it up. He can make it happen our own. We get to people that ask. I hate to encourage him. They ask me about Noah Dingley, our producer. He's going to come on, and we're doing a segment called Noah Says. Noah Says. Sounds biblical. Noah Says. All right, Noah. So, first of all, um, can I ask you a question? Just a straight up, just I want it like it's a question where somebody asks you, tell me the answer. Does Gavin Newsom get recalled? Yes, people are fed up really? on uh, every side and down the middle. He's toast. So, does Larry Elder win? Um, I'm not. If I were to vote today, I, I, it would probably look very favorable for me to go Elder. I think he probably has the best shot of anybody in the race right now, and he's solid. So, uh, okay, that's what I wanted because, and, and, and he's so, he's well known, right? I mean, it comes he's out of well known. Context. He's got okay. the notoriety. He has the communication experience, which is what is needed in this office. He's come out on his daily radio show across Salem, basically speaking about the draconian lockdowns that Gavin Newsom was, you know, why he's yeah, being recalled and he's willing it. to go in the other direction, which is to bring some sanity back to California. It is uh, is is Larry is Larry Elder off the air while he's running? He has to be. Yes. Uh, yeah, still has so. his show, so. the Larry that's, that's... Elder Show, but uh, we'll be having guest hosts fill in for him uh, as long as he's doing right. the campaign. Gotcha. All right. Now the second question is: You were born and raised in California, a little bit north of our San Diego uh, station flagship station here, but um, California 
it's getting ready to burn again. And I know in the history of like your life and growing up, it, it it's always had some fires. It's always had some earthquakes too, but it's just burning. I mean, it's going to burn again. I mean, what's going on here? Why can't Gavin Newsom use some of that money that he's got floating around and giving it back to people to stop these fires? I just don't get it. Well, that's the ticket right there. He's more interested in giving people free handouts, free checks, and to, hey, you know, you take the vaccine when we're going to give you uh, uh, $70 million or whatever crazy amount that he has up there for the sweepstakes. But he's not using it what he needs to be using it for, which is to make sure that we can fight the fires with the, you know, with these additional resources and for these additional departments. And he's just misprioritizing. Again, another, another failure from uh, King Mussolini. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Now, um, let's get uh, to the, the, the nub of it. Um, the um, the does the does San Diego go the way of L.A.? Now, L.A. County says we're going to put in the mask ban- mandate. And uh, and then the sheriff, interestingly enough, said, I won't enforce it. What about in the San Diego region? Do you think that there's going to be some of the liberals that can't resist throwing up the mandate again? Or is it too far? Is it, are people so sick of it that I'm going to bother? If you had to ask me, because I heard of certain sheriff departments, like there's one that you mentioned, I believe it's the sheriff of El Cajon, and I know there are a couple of others that said, hey, yeah, we're not enforcing this. So I don't think you're going to see that from San Diego because they know that it's not going to be enforced. However, if they do, if they do decide to go down that mandated mask mandate route, you're not going to see people comply and you're not going to see law enforcement, I think, for the, for the most part, not across the board. Because And I can't speak for any particular suburb of San Diego, but you're not going to see them enforce it as strictly as in L.A. That's my thought. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it. I mean, it feels like we're a more conservative town, even though we do have central San Diego does have a Democrat mayor. Overall, as a county, I would say we're more conservative than L.A. by far. Well, and that's and I think the people I mean, L.A. County, Alex Villanueva is the sheriff. He's not a conservative. I mean, he is a sheriff, so he's not totally out there, but he's not exactly uh, he's not exactly at all conservative. He's a Democrat. And he said, I'm just not going to enforce it. I think the people have moved past this. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and right, that's the point uh, right there. And, and this is part of the yeah. whole Newsom thing. People, whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent, are so tired of these draconian right. measures across the board they're done. And I think that the government officials are starting to realize that. Well, and I think, you know, anyone that doesn't, the question will be whether this next election at the local level, you know, you're going to see a recall. That's going to be interesting to see. But at the local level, when people start to get on the ballot, you know, the county supervisors, county election, uh, county, um, you know, uh, council, um, council members, things like that. Uh, city council, if there's a big punishment. All right. I got to run. As always, there's Noah says Noah says with Noah, Noah says invite me to your next event. There you go. Here we go. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Promising would-be Republican heroes like South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem fell for the oldest threat in the liberal playbook. Noem vetoed a great bill aimed at protecting girls' sports because she was worried that the National Collegiate Athletic Association, the NCAA, would stop their involvement in South Dakota's college sports. 
Perhaps the phony and loud threats by the NCAA to punish states which protect girls' sports against transgendered biological males did intimidate Republican leadership in some of these supposedly conservative states, but it didn't happen in all of them. It was mere bluster, as the NCAA subsequently announced it will hold its women's college softball regional tournament in Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee, all states which have enacted legislation banning transgender athletes from intercollegiate women's sports. Organizations like the NCAA may threaten these boycotts, but at the end of the day, they don't want to give up the stranglehold they have on college sports. If they voluntarily back out of a state like South Dakota or Alabama, they're giving up their own power. If anyone should understand the dynamics of power, it should be politicians. Yet spineless puppets in state offices would rather cower to empty threats than to protect the girls whose whole future depends on their ability to perform well in sports and secure critical college scholarships. It's cowardice in its worst form, and athletes like Chelsea Mitchell are the ones who pay the price for it. Chelsea is the fastest high school female runner in Connecticut. She properly complains about losing four state championship titles, two All-New England titles, and additional award podium spots to males who competed against her as transgenders. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit by her and others once the transgenders graduated by saying the lawsuit was then moot. Every state legislature in the union should have made protecting girls' sports a top priority on their list for 2021's spring session. Girls like Chelsea should have to prove themselves on the track, court, and field. But state leaders should make sure they don't have to prove themselves in a court of law. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For more than 50 years, Phyllis led the fight against the dead-end road of radical feminism. Today, with the rise of so many savvy young conservative women, new voices are emerging. You're invited to voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We got to wrap things up today. I just want to encourage you, uh, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Check in on all the cool key stuff. It's all there. Uh, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right. Um, I am. I want to finish up by talking about Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. First of all, Andy Biggs is fearless. He's fearless. He is the uh, chairman of the, um, what's it called? The Freedom Caucus. He is an Arizona congressman. He served in um, the state legislature in Arizona, I believe as a state senator. I might be getting that wrong. It's possible. But it, here's the thing. When a lot of people were really excited about um, uh, pushing the idea of a new constitutional convention, and the idea would be that we have we're going to have an article they call it an Article Five convention, and we're going to get together. Andy Biggs, and he's very he's very conservative, so he would be wanting to uh, how to say yeah he was in the Arizona Senate, he was president of the Senate actually. He would be the kind of guy that would want to be with the conservatives, and lots of good people said hey let's have a new constitutional convention. Andy Biggs wrote a book and said this would be a bad idea. Because he basically said, you can't trust it, it won't get run away. It won't be a runaway convention. But anyway, he's a super guy. Congressman Andy Biggs, his, he and his wife uh, have been to our Eagle events a bunch of times. He is a uh, father of six kids, just a very good man. 
and he's head of the Freedom Caucus, and he's very, very active on Twitter and, in, and, and other social media, directionally in such a helpful way. And so I noticed that he tweeted a day or so ago about fentanyl and China. And his tweet said something like, fentanyl is killing the American people sent by China. We must stop it on our border because the border is the problem, right? And so he, that this is important. This is important. Right now, we are stuck in a, um, in a, in a, in a, in a rut where we're debating the border. Here it is. Under Joe Biden, enough fentanyl to kill 238 million Americans was seized at the southern border last month. Where's the outrage in the media? The point, by the way, it's at Rep Andy Biggs AZ, at Rep Andy Biggs AZ, at Rep Andy Biggs AZ. I'll put it all up on social media. But the point here is, we're talking about the border. We're talking about assimilation, 1619 project, concern, uh, uh, critical race theory, all important fights. We're watching Joe Biden mess up the economy. We're watching the, you know, the pipelines close and tax, uh, excuse me, gas is way up in price. All kind of inflation is going through the roof. We've got uh, these hypocrites from Texas who run from their job. The state legislators run to DC, say they're not going to allow a quorum. And then they run to see, uh, uh, Kamala Harris. Turns out that they're all obnoxiously unmasked. You know, they're supposed to be the ones that want a mask and they're getting COVID. Okay. So hypocrites all around, but not distinguishing characteristic in politics. Andy Biggs aims our direction the right way. Tens of millions of fentanyl hits, fentanyl doses coming through our border because it's not secure and coming from China. And we're not even fighting China on it. And I will say fentanyl did come up under Trump. President Trump did bring it up, but he didn't do anything past bring it up and say it needs to stop. It's continuing. It's killing, by some estimates, 100,000 Americans a year. But certainly, conservatively, it's somewhere around 50 to 60,000 Americans a year are dying from fentanyl overdose. They're addicts or users who don't realize how potent it is, and it can kill them. By the way, to get controversial for a second, George Floyd had a bunch of fentanyl in his system. So it's a deadly, deadly drug. And the, 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 the fact that Andy Biggs is pointing us that way, it's coming through the border. The drugs are coming through our southern border. And they're being run through our southern border by the cartels. That's who's doing it. It's not made up. It's not some kind of created thing. That's who's doing it. That's what's happening. And we're not even addressing it. So Andy Biggs sent that tweet. It was retweeted and liked a gazillion times. Very effective. You know, that's my point. He's taken the time to push us in the right direction. It's very valuable. And here's my point. If you care about America, doesn't matter what party right now, this question of fentanyl, it's killing us. It's killing America, Americans. It's destroying families. You have to care. Please and take Andy Biggs tweet and retweet it. Find a way to, if you want to just cut and paste it, he won't care. Put it up in your social media feed. Put it on Facebook. Tell your friends and neighbors. This is a disaster for America and it has to be addressed. We can do all these great stories. You know, Chef Andrew Gruel was phenomenal, right? David Horowitz, phenomenal. All these authors and everything, fine. But on certain things, we all have to step up and act on this. We have to stop this scourge from destroying our families. Okay? 
That's the problem right now. That's the the reality. And good for Congressman Andy Biggs. He's also been influential, by the way, and encouraging on all the election stuff because he served in the Arizona State Senate as the president years ago. And now he's in the U.S. Congress. So good for Andy Biggs. You know, I'll tell you a little secret. If they can't figure out who to be speaker, if the Republicans are able to get back the majority, they could do a lot worse than Andy Biggs. He's had experience running a legislative body as the president of the Arizona State Senate. He's the head of the Freedom Caucus, so he brings instant credibility with conservatives. And he's just a good guy. People don't, they don't dislike him. He's not, um, he's sort of not hard. He's a very pleasant, likable guy, which is a factor. It's an important factor. You got to know about it. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. Uh, let me encourage you again. ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and visit. Sign up for all the daily emails. They go out every Monday, through, excuse me, every weekday, Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. East West Coast time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. Bam, in your inbox. No cost. No nothing. Sign up there. And... um we later on this week, we got a great interview with a Breitbart author, Kyle Olson. We'll talk with him about some important stories he's been writing about the border and others. And uh, we'll get an update on that. All right. Uh, again, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. Thank you, as always, to our great, great, great producer, uh, Noah Dingley, for all he does to keep us on track. Thank you to Joanna for booking our guests. If you have any, any tips or ideas for the show, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Send them in through the contact there, and we will take a look. Have a great day, everybody. Be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back tomorrow. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.